Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have John Saya, CEO of Saylight. But before we get to him, we got to tell you that I forgot my hat, so you got to look at my bald head. But this is brought to you by the Distributors Association in the Lighting Business. That's the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. And like Mark Vahayan said yesterday, it's times of crisis when 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 these associations really come through and show their true stuff. And so we're bringing you the information daily on uh, how COVID-19 is affecting the lighting business through its leaders. One of those leaders is available for us right now. Hey, John, what's happening? Hello. I'm, I'm glad to get on today before, uh, before my hair gets any worse and I, and, and I can't do it live. <laughs> so, uh, well, welcome. I think Greg's going to kick us off here, Greg. Yeah, you know, one thing you can, if you're watching these, you can see Mike's beard grow every day as we do this. It's kind of fun. I'm seeing it every day, something new. So, <laughs> well, I'm not shaving this or this until the crisis is over, bro. Ooh, you're going to look good. You're going to look good. <laughs> All right. Well, John, let's start it off. So, a little bit about your company. You guys um, were formerly Texas Fluorescent, now Saylight. And do you do all of your manufacturing in Texas? We have two facilities. You know, we, we our, our group includes a company, Moburn, in Baltimore. So we have a facility in Baltimore. We have our facility here in Dallas that we, we manufacture. We have about 250 people here. We manufacture and assemble. We do supplement our interior product line, which is mainly what we manufacture here, with uh, outdoor products that, that we source from, from other places. But about 80% of what we sell, we manufacture in Dallas or Baltimore. And I assume some of the supply chain you get from various sources, do you get anything from China? We do get, again, a lot of outdoor we get from China. We get some LED discs. We have a fairly broad product line. And so what, you know, what, what our primary business is, is doing complete jobs. And so we try to supplement, you know, our core product line, our interior products that we manufacture with with products that we do source both from China, some domestically and some from 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 Mexico and and Latin America. Is uh is Texas that stay at home order? Do they have that right now? We do have a stay at home order, but but you know, like many of the people that you've had on were an essential business. So so we do have a uh, a full crew divided into uh different shifts up and, and working and with most of our office people working uh remotely. I would think Texas would be one of the last to, to put that out there. What day do they do that? No, that we did it about uh, two weeks ago in Dallas. The state just actually did it, so you're right about that. But Dallas did it fairly early in the process. Very good. So have you seen any delays in with this whole deal going on, this crisis? Have you seen delays in your manufacturing process? We have we have struggled a little bit uh, with the split shifts. You know, we are we are a company that has you know one of our strengths has been that we've been very hands on, very flexible. Um, you know, one of the things that we like is you call us and we can move your order up. Our our customer service people we like them to go out into the factory and say, can you make this? Can you do this? That's what sets us apart a little bit from having a fixed schedule. I go out there, our, our management group goes out there. And so by dividing up the group into two smaller groups, we've struggled with, 
with, uh, you know, that hands-on approach of, of having silos. So our fabrication department is, is not going to our assembly department, is not going to our shipping department. So we definitely are, are having a learning curve that, you know, is improving every day, but certainly we're not at 100% today. There's been an argument in the lighting business that's been uh, it's been going on for I would say sort of emerged with the LED at the tail end of this whole LED boom maybe two or three years ago it's been gaining steam and when a crisis hits um, you step back and you, you reassess the argument. My question to you, John, is in a time of crisis, lighting aside whether or not it's lighting or something else. Why is having manufacturing in the U.S. important? Well, we we you know we think that this is our our key reason for existence. You know, I think that that there's so much product out there now coming from China and Mexico that you know where we see our 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 reason for being is being able to react quickly, being able to be fairly flexible. You know, we, one of our, our, our big mottos is factory at your fingertips. We want to be our customer's factory that if they're in a sales meeting, they know they have a, a, a nice factory that has, you know, big enough resources to make things happen and can do it in a timely fashion. And so, you know, there's a lot of great factories that are in Mexico or in China. There's becoming fewer and fewer in the U.S. that are dynamic and flexible and able to you know, really develop a new product quickly or configure a new product and get it to the market quickly. So we think, you know, that's that's really our reason for being in this time when there's definitely an overabundance of, of product and suppliers. You know, it's interesting about um, I had a conversation with another U.S. manufacturer um, a couple months ago at the NED convention, and we were talking about how manufacturing um, businesses create far more skilled employees than distribution businesses do. So, for example, you guys probably have welders, tool and die makers, um, all sorts of different manners of, of skill in your factory, and that those skills are actually essential to a, uh, a country, but it becomes apparent in a time of crisis. Um, do you agree with that? Well, I think it's it's again it's 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 interesting because it's been hard to find as many skilled people as we've needed over the years because because there's been a dwindling of of talent in that area. And so, you know, one of the the positive things that could come out of this is we'll be able to find more skilled people. We've certainly have trained our share of skilled people, but but that's 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 our focus is developing a factory with with skilled people that can react quickly to our customers and develop, you know, what we think is the right product for the right customer for the right application. And, you know, right now, a lot of people listening to this, like in the past, um, people would shun trades work. Um, what did you call it, Greg? What was the name that they called it? People that go into trades, that's the where they end up or something like that? What was that? I don't know if I recall. What are, We're I having remember. a conversation that um, men that don't do well in university end up in the trades or something like that. And it was kind of a, you had, there was like a name for it you had given it. And, um, you know, in the, and, you know, one of the things where manufacturing jobs, if you work for an essential manufacturer, you still have your job. 
And if you're in an essential trade, if you're a tradesman, a power worker or something like that, you're still working today. And the fact is that we need strong trades and strong factories and strong farmers. Um, you know, what can you grow? What can you build? What can you make? That's the strength of your society. Really, it is. And it's not so much what you can distribute. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 And, and, and again, it's, it's nice for those people, especially as, as we come into a, a period where there could be, you know, sizable unemployment. Uh, the people with these skills are, are, are going to continue to be sought after and, and important. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter so much, Greg, whether or not you know how to, you know, manipulate the stock market. Or, um, you know, or to, uh, you know, whatever scheme you're coming up with, when it comes down to the brass tax, uh, what can you make? What can you grow? What can you build is really what's really what matters. That's right. Yeah. Now, through this process, have you guys evaluated and are you or are you going to evaluate potentially changing your supply chain because of this? Just, well, again, uh, the, the, you know, our supply chain has has again been been one that 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 will work well because of the U.S. supply mm-hmm. chain. We have uh, uh, we definitely have some China suppliers. They they seem to be back up and and working. We have started before trying to see if we could find some other some other sources. Um, it's hard right now because the infrastructure in China is so good for lighting that uh that that we haven't been uh as successful moving away from some of that but again very few of our interior products do we rely on china for anything but but some of our led components from our vendors that that make most of it in mexico they do get some components from china but we haven't seen a big issue with that so far how have you guys altered your production schedule or your sh- shifts that you have? Have you extended it out, cut people back? Well, we've gone to split shifts. So we're starting now at four in the morning and we have a shift that goes to 1130 and then another shift that goes from 1230 to eight and we clean in between. So uh, again, in terms of hours, we're working almost as many hours, but it's just, you know, dividing up our, our really skilled management between those two shifts is, has, has been a challenge and one that, you know, every day we're getting better and better. So we're not yet seeing that we're making the same amount of fixtures per day. We normally average between three and 4,000 fixtures a day, and we're probably at about 75% of that. And hopefully, you know, as time goes on, we'll get closer to a hundred percent. Is there demand for those level of fixtures in the market right now? Right now, there is. We still have, uh, you know, some of it is 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 demand prior to, you know, when COVID really hit. So we're still we're still finishing up jobs that we've had. We've definitely seen a a decline in the incoming business, uh, um, but we do see that there are pockets of strength. You know, we are doing some business uh, quick ship for hospitals and other t- types of healthcare. So we definitely see ourselves as an essential business and are getting some orders, uh, you know, that, that are based on, on essential business. But we do believe that, you know, in the short term, new business is going to start to, you know, start to go down. We had a conversation with, uh, my managers this morning and, uh, I said the word short term. And uh, one of my managers looked at me and he said, I, I thought that was six weeks to three months. And I thought, no, dude, in a crisis, short term is one to five days. 
How has timeframes and management changed for you over the course of this crisis, John? I think that's a very astute point because it really has 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 changed in days. You know, we'll get a policy and 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 make a a change today that we think you know that's going to be the way we run for the next couple of weeks and tomorrow we completely change it. So you know, every day we come in is 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 really a new day and a new challenge and a, a new way of doing business. So I think it's you know I hadn't thought of it that way, but I do agree. Short term is now really daily. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it used to be like from in my business, we would talk about short term planning, six weeks to three months, medium terms, three months to eight months, and then long terms, eight months plus. Right. I think now it's short terms, one to five days. Medium term is six days to two weeks and long terms a month. <laughs> yes. And we're we've sort of also changed our our thinking a little bit to, you know, that right now we're we're overall moving in a defensive mode. You know, where we want to focus on the health of our employees, the health of them, both physically and mentally, and then, you know, the health of the company financially. So at the moment, everything we're doing short term is focused on on more defense than we're used to. And then we're beginning to think about what is the the coming out of this look like. And, and we we're you know, we're using the vernacular of offense on that. And more, you know, more in the planning stages. But, you know, to us, instead of thinking short term because of, of what you're saying that, it, you know, what is short term? We're saying, you know, we've got to be in a defensive mode today and then look to moving out of this in, a, in an offensive mode. And maybe there will be a period in between where we have some defense and some of our divisions and some offense. Well, you know, you know, what's interesting um, about what you just said there. Okay, you talked about the health of your employees, you talked about this sort of stuff. Let's talk a little turkey, right? Um, how long can you survive under your current, like, if the, like, what it, what it comes down to is at some point, here's what's interesting to me. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this first. It's interesting how there seems to be an emerging debate about the value of business owners, like people who actually employ people. You understand what I'm talking about here? Like how valuable that is for a, for a society. Um, when it, when you, let, let's, let me ask it this way. What is your best case scenario for that defensive offensive position in terms of a timeline? Like in terms of if the best thing, realistic, knowing what's going on, what's the best case scenario for Saline? Again, I've, I've, I've had the, the advantage of listening to several of your podcasts, which ah, I, you know, what I, which, I, which I, which I've enjoyed. And, you know, if you listen to those podcasts, you hear anywhere from the end of April to the end of November. And so, you know, that's really, you know, I, I've, I come a little bit more from, I want to, I want to focus on the things I can control. And that's why we've sort of have changed the way we're thinking about it to be, you know, let's figure out what our defense strategy is. And maybe that strategy is going to last between now and May 1st or May now and July 1st or now and August 1st. And then let's make sure we're ready for offense when the time comes. But I, I can't tell you, you know, that I know any better than than your other guests do or that the TV pundits do what what it looks like. But, you know, what we want to do is make sure we're healthy financially if it drags out and make sure that we're ready for the opportunity that, that we think is going to exist when it, when we come out of it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's a good point on the, the defensive side, but I'm also seeing as, as it's a little slow for most people, your production's down some, 
that you might have time for some offensive planning and, and thinking ahead and, and looking at what is currently inefficiencies in your business. I'm noticing some things where I'm like, well, we could do this. And if I was, if we were full goal, we would have never, it would have taken longer to get to that point. So I think if we can look at some positives out of it, and maybe you can share too, have you found inefficiencies that now you can improve on? Well, the, you know, again, the offense that we're thinking about is, you know, we believe when we come out of this that, you know, because we're not a huge company, we believe we can take market share regardless of what the size of the market is at that time. If the pie has shrunk a little bit, we can still be successful because we're not that big a piece of the pie at the moment. And so what we're trying to do is say, you know, we think national retail that was a big part of our business and that slowed really fast. We think that's going to be a slower piece to come back. But we think things like multifamily, which we do a lot of, we think we do some OEM business for paint manufacturers and, and explosion proof fixtures. Um, we do a lot of retrofit. You know, we believe that there are going to be pockets of opportunities and that if we spend this time, get our engineering crew in order, doing the things that you talked about with skilled labor and fabrication, then, you know, if we're if we're as as flexible as we can be, we think that we'll come out of this well. And what we're trying to do now is look for people that we can hire or train to 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 help us in those different segments. You know, my dad, you know, we've been in business 55 years and my dad really taught me that, you know, the best way to be successful for 55 years is sort of follow the market and read the market. And he did a great job of being diversified within the same industry. We have lighting showroom business. We have residential business. We have industrial business. We have retrofit business. And, you know, what we see coming out is that there's going to be, you know, some strength in some of those markets before others. And what we're trying to do now is is make sure we're positioned to find which areas are strong early and take advantage of that. You know what's in, you like boxing or MMA? I, ha- I don't watch too much of it, no. No? <laughs> I was in the shower this morning. I, I love mixed martial arts and boxing. Always have. And I'm not really a big football guy, but you know, hey, some teams score a lot of touchdowns on defense, actually. Some teams score a lot more than others on defense. Mm-hmm. Some teams score more shorthanded goals than others, right? There's just something about some teams that they can perform when they're actually with their backs to the wall. But to me, I thought about it and I was in the shower this morning. I was washing whatever hair I had left. And, and uh, uh, it felt to me like round two of a grind out, right? And some people are going to get knocked out, man. Yep. Some guys are going to go down. But I think there's a toughness aspect to this that we're going to see emerge where, you know, not just, not just savviness, not just management, but pure grit and toughness. And, and the people that can last the 12 rounds are going to emerge. I think it's going to be a 12-round brawl. And, uh, you know, I think toughness is going to – how tough are you? Can you, you know, are you, you know, I think that's going to emerge. And then the people that uh, can get through this are going to emerge as champions in this business. Yeah, I think that's a, 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 an excellent analogy. And, and it really becomes, you know, how tough are your employees? And, you know, there has been a little bit of culture of entitlement 
you know, that we've seen with employees. And, and so I think, you know, the people that, 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 that succeed are the ones that are going to get their hands dirty, really get into it and, and make things happen. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're, you know, when we talk about having the, the, the health mental side of the business, you know, we're doing a lot talking with our people about this, that, that this is a change of game. And that, you know, if we're doing the same thing we did yesterday, even the same thing we did in the 2008 recession or, or prior recessions, that's probably not the right thing. You know, we've got to really change our game. And at the moment, you know, our, our feeling is, you know, we've got to play a little more defense and protect ourselves and make sure that we're there for the 10 rounds. And when, when the final rounds are that we need to have the strength to, to come out of it, we're ready. John Sayer. Thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, Sean. Our pleasure. Folks, if you listened to this and you liked it, hey, go to social media. Join Nailed if you're a lighting distributor. That's probably the best thing they should do right now. Hey, Greg. All the time. Every yeah. day. Go Get to NALD that ignore. You know why? Because there's some real tough SOBs in that association. Trust me, I know. So go to NALD.org. Thanks to Say Light. Check them out on the web. Bye for now.